it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. And then he's like, all right, we'll put on whatever you want. And he proceeds to go and search Maroon 5 on YouTube and then play a Maroon 5 song. <laughs> what, did he, what did he play, though? I don't really remember. Um, all I know is it was definitely more of a poppy song. So, Okay. Do you have a favorite Mar- Maroon 5 song? Um, no. Did he put on moves like Jagger? <laughs> no, that's not the best song. That's not even. No, close. I'm not saying it's the best song. I'm just saying like did that guy pop on little moves the, like Jagger. The most aggressive line, I think, one of the more aggressive lines that you didn't expect in a song ever mm-hmm. was. Um, I'm a blanking on what her name is in the song with Maroon Five, Cardi B, uh, when yeah. she says, "And play with my kitty like you play with your guitar." Wow. I mean, it's Cardi B, but wow. yes, I, I, I know I, I can like hear the song in my head. I just don't know what it is or what the name of it is. Have we been recording? Yeah. Excellent. Glorious. Welcome back to the Grounds Crew, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is our recap of the first week of baseball. So happy to be back. Before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe. Toss us a review. Follow us on all social platforms <laughs> at the underscore Grounds Crew. Um. Guys, I'm going to jump right into the most important thing from last week. Most the important. most important thing. Sean Murphy is gosh darn caked up. Caked up. <laughs> caked, that, that's, a, that's a fat ass. Yes. Um, he took a pitch, a little like curveball behind, went behind his back, and he just threw it back and hit it right on the cheeks. Twerked himself right <laughs> into the ball. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and he just launched that thing off his ass. Yeah, uh, and social media had an absolute field day with it, which I truly deservedly loved. so. Yes, truly love. There were so much sus comments on all the videos of it. Like Sean Murphy, you're about to make me act up. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it was amazing. Damn boy, he thick. Yeah. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Crazy, but yeah, that that was a a little just just uh, just a good piece of content to come out of baseball last fun. week. Yeah, good, good stuff. Fun. Um, while we're on great content that comes out of baseball, also, I don't know if you guys have seen his videos yet, but Joey Votto on TikTok is just an absolute delight. Have you watched any? Uh, I've seen some. I've seen him start to do – I think I saw the one with, like, the shoe, and he, like, pivoted into him yes. being dressed up. Yep. I saw him post that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, he hasn't been fully on my feed yet, but I, I've seen him. Yeah, well, after this episode, I need you to go give him a watch because he's doing some dancing. Like, he's, he's getting into it, and obviously it's, like, Joey Votto, so it's just automatically comedic. I think he already has, like – a hundred thousand followers, yeah. something like that. Just he's hitting a million every single time. Love it, Dennis. Have you been watching? I know you're a big Canadian fan. Uh, I have not because I do not go on TikTok. Okay, well I'm gonna need you guys to do research after this. Just um, admitted to not liking Joy, but it's okay. It's fine, Dennis. Um, Follow Robert Fenicini on TikTok if I ever do anything. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll get in some actually <laughs> successful bets. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Another great news, very exciting. Oh well, Dennis, I mean, Dennis Dietz, I need you to hit me with it. Hit the Quan, please. Oh, hit we're hitting the Quan. So Stephen Quan, <clears throat> he has reached base safely 19 times in his first six career games. So it's 29 plate appearances. He's reached safely 19 times. That's the second most 
since Jay Bruce did in 2008, where he did 20 times. Is that the name you were thinking of before the show, Bill? No, sir. Okay. I know they were talking about him as like that 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 comp of Jay Bruce. So, so to me, it's it's not just I'm not just looking in isolation to the getting on base function. Right. I, I have more numbers. Go ahead, hit me. Hit me with everything. On Wednesday, he struck out for the first time <clears throat> since September 21st of 2021. That includes all spring training and minor league games. So he's definitely a good contact hitter. He doesn't strike out often. Mm-hmm. First five games of the season, he was 10 for 15. And after going 0 for 4 on Wednesday, his season numbers have been brought to a very sad 526 batting average and 1392 OPS. So the, the there there's where we'll kind of we'll kind of sit on right. I, so I, we always go by OPS, mm-hmm. right? OPS is a more consolidation of all of the things that you do well, kind of factored together. His on his his hit tool has been fantastic, right? His power tool's been solid, right? So the player that I'm talking about, because again we when we're looking at hit the Quan right now, we're only seeing roughly in the ballpark of uh, 29 plate appearances, 19 at bats. So when I'm looking at that, I had to find a player, the player who I thought of. Uh, I looked at just his first roughly uh, 20 at-bats. And when I looked at his first 20 at-bats, after he had gotten through his first 20 at-bats, he had a 1913 OPS. He had a 500 batting average of 600 on base percentage. He was slugging 13-13, right? So for almost a 2,000 OPS, right? That actually brought him down from where he had been the game before which was a 2163 OPS because sadly he didn't hit two home runs in that next game like he did the game before where he went 4 for 5 with two home runs, four RBIs, one double. This was his rookie year as well. <clears throat> he was also roughly around the same age as Quan. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? I'll give you some more info. Is in he his, a Met? <clears throat> he is a Met. Of course. Again, I I I know what I know, right? So this player finished his rookie season with 100 at bats. In 100 at-bats, he had a 310 on uh, batting average, a 375 on base percentage. He slugged 710. He had 1,085 OPS and 100 at-bats. Jose Reyes? Nope. David Wright? 11 home runs and 100 at-bats. David Wright? Nope. Carlos Beltran? Nobody's going to get it. It's rookie year. How, how long ago was this? 2005. <clears throat> <clears throat> Nobody's going to get it because they don't no remember idea. it. <clears throat> Mike Cameron. <laughs> You're close with the word Mike. But again, my camera wasn't a rookie uh, on this. You're almost there, you're almost there, you're almost there. But I'm going to give it to you now because you failed. Mike Jacobs. Mike Jacobs. <laughs> Why do you rem- I actually do remember that. <clears throat> because at the time, you guys want to talk about what is a phenomenon? My man hit 11 home runs in his first 100 at-bats as a player in the world. He just came up and thumped. He had a, he had a, over 1,000 OPS and 100 at-bats. Like, this was this was the the the... Um, oh my God, Linsanity. This was the same thing. Because you got to think 2005, this is peak Mets. Right? This is like, mm-hmm. this is entering in Jose Reyes, David Wright, Carlos Beltran, then Carlos Delgado, like all that stuff. This dude was right there in the midst of all of that as a rookie. Bang, 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 bang. All he did was slay. So, again, what, Quan is killing it. Right? I would take the Mike Jacobs start over the Quan start. 
because of the power numbers. Of the power, yeah. I mean, he, he is not a power guy at all. But I think they're they're like talking about his hit tool. Apparently, his swing and miss rate is like thirty percent or three percent. Three percent, yeah, which is like leaps and bounds over anyone in the minors or major leagues. He's a freak. Freeze right. And like, and part of his little streak was he hadn't swung and missed at anything until yes. yesterday's game, which yes. is also insane. That's what's great. The craziest yeah. thing about what he's done is that. Yep. And even even his quote unquote swing and miss was a foul tip. That they, it's just because the catcher caught it, it counts as a whiff. But he did not touch the ball. Facts. So it's just absolutely wild what he's doing. Would love to see him just carry it all the way and carry the Guardians to a wild season. That'd be cool. I agree. But the Guardians are already off to a great start, though. Speaking of which. Yeah. All 45 runs that they've scored, not 38. That's how we do math here. Uh, 44 in the last four games, though. They only scored one in the first two. Right, no, that's, I just had six games as the because it's the yeah, beginning of the season. He's, he's right, forty four yes. in the last four is, yep. is where all the where the where the magic. They are at. mashing. What's their pitching stats like? Do you have those? I know uh, Tristan pitched really uh, or like decently well. I yesterday. think Tristan had five strikeouts. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll look up the Guardians uh, okay. game log while you guys talk. Yes, but also I know you're just talking about how many a hundred at bats. Hundred for Mike Jacobs. Yeah, and he had eleven bombs. Eleven bombs. Okay, so Vlad has four and twenty three at bats. Right. Which to put that in perspective, yep. right? That means he's on pace for twelve for uh, sixteen home runs. Yep, which is nutty, mm-hmm. right? Which is already nutty. Yep, he's about three ninety one right now. But that's this is the pace that Jacobs was on in right. his first five games. Yep, he had four home runs in his first five games mm-hmm. that he came up. So like, he's, yeah, he's picking up where he Guts. left off in a, in a huge way. So um, somebody said the the craziest stat about uh, Vladdy now at this point though is that he is hitting a home run. Um. Once every, like less than five games. Okay. So he has a home, at least a home run in every five games he plays in, right? And it's closing in on four every four games, right? Because he's got three hundred and fifty games played, mm-hmm. and he's got seventy five home runs, right? So like when we start to math these things out, he's roughly every four point six seven games mm-hmm. he's hitting a home run. That's crazy. Yep. And you know what it is too? He's not. <laughs> the, the the way his swing is set up, it, like as much as he hits for power, he hits line drive home runs. He's very compact. Yes, and he, his bat to ball is crazy. His hard hit is crazy. So, on t- like on top of the fact that he hit whatever it was forty eight home runs last year, he also batted three eleven. Like he's he just crushes everything, and and, and he's getting better. So, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting this this uh, this AL MVP. That's all I have to say. Um, and speaking of our AL MVP, Shohei Otani is not off to a hot start with the bat. Uh, I think he's, I think he has like two hits or something, no home runs. Well, he, I, my favorite was when he was given uh, CPR to his bat. Yes, oh, that was amazing. He's, and I was saying that to Dennis too. He's such a lovable guy. Yeah, like guy, like he was just having fun with it. Like he knows that you know whatever. It's a, the first five games. Like he'll figure it out. But you, he, you see, he's very like relaxed. Yeah. Um, and he pitched fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I think five innings with the. Like, seven or eight Ks, something like that. Yeah. Um, so that that was good to see from him because early in last year he kind of was a little all over the place. I think he only had one walk in five innings too. I, I think that's the that's the biggest part for him. Uh, it's that he's not walking. He's swinging yep. at everything. He's got to just, hey, I don't have to swing at everything. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can chill because uh, nobody wants to put it in the zone and he's used to hitting everything. It's like just let him throw it out of the zone for a little while, take some walks, you're fast. You, you don't have to follow up your MVP season with, you know, every day I'm an MVP. B- 
be an MVP level player, you mm-hmm. know, 40 times out of 160 games, you'll be fine. Yep. So utilize the people around you. We talked about that. Don't don't try and press so much. Let Mike Trout be Mike Trout a little bit. Just and put back the ball. And then just let the Otani watch lift. Yep. Yep. Dennis, you have those numbers? Uh, so pitching wise, like what do you want to know exactly? Oh, uh, just give me the ERA, runs, things like that. K's. Well, Tristan, I think, is down to a two seven five. He did pitch well. Okay. After a meh start. Yes, his first yeah, his first uh, outing uh, wasn't great. His first outing was also a relief appearance. Um, right. I had it. Give me one second. Okay. It. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Five. Hold on. Fourth. Uh, so Shane Bieber's got a two point seven ERA. Um, Zach Plesac has a zero ERA. I mean, Tristan McKenzie's got a two point five seven. Like they're giving up runs in the bullpen. It looks more like than uh, the okay. starters. Yep. All right. Well, that's good. Similar to the Mets, but we're gonna we'll get we'll to, get them to later. that. Yeah, um, Juan Soto hit his hundredth home run, and and at the ripe old age of twelve. Yep, <laughs> I think I think it was uh, like top five or something like that in in the speed of getting to hundred home runs. I forget what the stat was, um, but he's already like on like a Barry Bonds level pace, which whatever. is crazy yep. because doesn't that mean that the pace that Vladdy's on is going to be faster? Is Vladdy two seasons behind? I think so. Let's look it right? up. I think Vladdy's two seasons behind, and he's at seventy five already. Like that—that's got to be—that's closing in on like fastest clips ever. Juan uh, Soto's how what three, four seasons? So Soto, this has got to be his fifth year, right? Yeah. Like overall, this is Juan Soto's fifth. There was- so Vladdy's at seventy six career home runs as of right now, and that's in thirteen hundred at bats. And and only thirteen hundred at bats. Thirteen, twelve, yeah. How many plate appearances? Uh, oh, so that's that's the plate appearances is uh, fourteen seventy nine. So that's the that's the big thing to me. It's the plate appearances because mm-hmm. that shows me how many times you actually got up to to rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest difference is is that the the twenty twenty season just kind of pulls down. Yep. This is technically Soto's fifth season, but that that third year mm-hmm. was just shortened when he was twenty one. Um, this is this is uh, Vladdy's third year, right? Uh, fourth, yeah. uh, twenty nineteen. He played. Yep. Okay. Then yeah, I, I Soto and him are going to be neck and neck. They're going to be neck and neck. It's going to be close, which is is crazy because you don't Soto hasn't been the the bomber. Right, like right. He, he's hit home runs, but it's not like he's sitting there trying to tilt. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yeah, you know, his best season ever was thirty-four home runs. Right, was that last year? No, last year was only twenty-nine. Okay, like, and that—that's my point. How many uh, did Soto have in his rookie year? Twenty-two. Okay, so Vlad had uh, fifteen in his rookie year in one hundred twenty-three yeah. games, and Soto had one hundred sixteen games, twenty-two. So better start. You know yeah. what I saw that I thought was interesting too on Pete Alonso. Um, th- there was a stat that he has like the fifth most home runs in his first three seasons, like of all time, and that's including the twenty twenty season. Yeah, and like if you just gave him a full season there, it's, he's dramatically ahead he's, of all those. He's guys. way ahead of everybody. So because last year was considered a down year for Pete, he had thirty seven home runs. Yep, like bonkers. Bonkers. And in what, 57 games in 2020, he had 16? He had 16 in 57 games, too. So call so it a triple third, that for fun? He had about a third of the the at-bats. Mm-hmm. So that year, he was 
on pace for about 48 home runs. Yep. Uh, so, not bad. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, Bob. Uh, yeah, he's he's a tank. He's a tank. Also, speaking of home runs, Pujols hit his 680th with his first with the Cardinals since forever. The the old ass man. Yes, uh, Dennis. What did you you, you think he's going to get to 700 this year? Right. That was yeah, your prediction. Yeah, so he was 21 away to start the season. So now he's 20 away. Uh, but I also said 35 home runs just to be spicy. Right. Right. Just to be extra spicy. Just to be extra fun. Uh, we'll see. I, I hope he gets there. That'd be epic. And the most uh, controversial thing mm-hmm. that happened in baseball in the first week was Kershaw. So I was in a meeting, mm-hmm. and I was talking to a bunch of people, and I was on a Zoom call. And all of a sudden, I get the stat that they pulled him from a perfect game after seven innings and only 80 pitches. Yep. And not only on 80 pitches, he struck out 12 freaking people mm-hmm. on only 80 pitches right to be perfect in that scenario is 36 pitches right like he he absolutely diced oh yeah um and i think that was the one of the hottest of hot takes that we we also put out there that day was kershaw but we all loved that one mm-hmm. i think everybody was like ooh, that's that's a, a great one um with kershaw being you know Cy young award-winning level player yep uh just convenient i agree <laughs> with what they did Yes, there's yeah. definitely two sides of, to look at it. I think from my prediction of him getting a Cy Young, he needs to pitch the full season, yep. and, and him hurting his arm in his first start is not how you're going to go about that. Yep. Um, but great first start, yeah. sure. Um, for, and, and, and that's he even said, like, blame the lockout. This is why I didn't get to ramp up, whatever. Yeah. But it, it was <clears throat> the right move for longevity. But also I think in that situation, I would at least take it batter by batter. And not like like eighty pitches. Like it's it's not a substantial amount. Where even if he went out one more inning and threw ten more, I don't think it's going to end his season. And if he happened to throw ten more and get out of that inning, now you're going into the ninth inning. He has ninety pitches, and but he was on a seventy-five pitch limit. Sure. Oh no, I'm sure he so was. They already gave him the five extra to yes. finish it all up. Like I, it hurts. It's just because you know it's baseball <clears throat> history. Like again, I don't care. I think we get exactly. Too, there's we get too romantic about history of stuff. But like, look back at Johan Santana and letting him throw 147 pitches, whatever it was, right. to get the no hitter. Ultimately, that ended his career. He was never the same again. And I, but I think that's honestly, I think perfect game and no hitters are vastly different. People have been pulled constantly from no hitters. Yeah. But that's like a perfect situation if you can finish a perfect game and like not be in like. Yeah, but you do like that. long-lasting injury. If, if his goal is to win a World Series with his team, right, and he is gone because he gets hurt. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm here. I get it. I would have liked to at least see because you never know. Maybe he goes out there and throws <clears throat> four pitches and gets out of the inning. Like I don't know. I, you know what? But also maybe he goes out there and he throws one pitch and a comebacker comes hits him in the face and ends the season. You're right. Also, hundred percent. Like, this is not. Uh, I get it. I get it. Your goal is to win. They're spending a lot of money to win Mm -hmm. the thing, not for him to be celebrated forever. Yes. And he said after the game himself, too, like, it was the right decision. We want to win a World Series. Like, would it have been cool? Yeah, but I'm paraphrasing, of course. But we have a goal. So we always talk about team first and and what we want, like, players to act like. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this was an opportunity. Nah, we're we're getting rid of this. So (coughs) it was the right move for me personally. That's okay. No, no, I, I get it, and and I hope that this is just a great start for him to be like, all right, I'm going to go out and have a Cy Young year. That would just be, like, you can't start any better. So, perfect. Um, staying in the NL West for a minute, uh, two things to note. 
A, the Giants had the first female coach ever on field um, in their game against, I think it was the Marlins. Um, Alyssa Nakin coached first base, um, which is huge. I think we have to keep highlighting all the different things that have been happening with women in baseball. Um, Very exciting. I think it's it's very cool, and and I'm I'm happy that they're doing that and making strides that way. And I know that I've seen nothing but praise about her uh, and all the different stuff. So. That's good stuff there. And Rachel Balkovich won her first game. Yep. As you also see she got manager. smoked in the face by a line drive. Love that. Did not see that. Yeah, she's like a giant black guy. And then, obviously, the team seems to really like her, so they got they got her like a Yankees-themed football helmet to like nice. wear for the first game. Nice, with a, with a mask on it. Yep. Good work. So, that was pretty funny. Um, in the Giants game, also, because I just thought it was hysterical that this happened, um, another Fernando Tatis, you're a young player in baseball <laughs> thing. <clears throat> But not about Tatis, just from referencing the 2020 incident. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, in the sixth inning of the game, uh, the Giants were up 10, bunted for a hit. Perfect bunt, you know, quick single. And the Padres coaching staff was furious about it. And I even saw on Twitter a little bit, like, the the old heads of being like, oh, whatever, you guys are up by a bunch, like, don't do that. No. Stop it. It's absolutely, the sixth inning. Absolutely. You guys shouldn't have given up 10 runs in the first inning. Stop it. That's your fault for absolutely being freaking terrible. Ridiculous. You know what? If it was 39 nothing, and it was the ninth inning, mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Right? Sure. This is the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. You guys could come back. I don't know. Exactly. This game, the game's young. We're halfway done. Be, beyond that, you're a professional. Go field the effing bunt and throw the guy out. Make a play. Like, yep. Nah, it's just like such it, a crybaby baby bullshit. Like if the Bills were up, I'm gonna, I always, I like to go hit that. me, hit if me. If the Bills are up thirty after the second quarter, you're not gonna play the game anymore. Yeah, multiple, <laughs> multiple times, right in the past for the Bills, mm-hmm. they did throttle down, and then they ended up losing games because they didn't put their their foot down on people's throats. Yep. Last year they were doing it for the first half, lose a tough game to the Titans. Mm-hmm. You 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 were beating them fourteen nothing. It looked like you had the game entirely in hand. Second half they come back, they mm-hmm. win the game, right? Like if you kill the professional player, so what should they have done? Like not played up, we're up by enough. Let's just no go out, get crushed. Don't get crushed. I don't care. You're a pro. This isn't. I got to worry about somebody's confidence when they're a 12 year old kid and I'm running up the score and it's 92 to to 10. Yep. Like there are moments where it's worthwhile. No professional, no professional can talk about anything happening in a game because I need to get my money too. Yep. Right. So so Mauricio is supposed to not get a single if he can get it, mm-hmm. which helps his batting average. As a keeps fringe him in guy, the game. Yeah. like stop. absolutely miss me, you stop. you crybaby bitches. And, a, and an interesting <clears throat> point too. This season there is no game one sixty three, and run differential matters. So if he if that one run that, that they didn't score that inning, but if he had scored and that one one run is the difference between them getting in the playoffs and not. Yep. Stop it. Yep. Especially you're you're in the same division as me. Yep. I expect this maybe is coming down to the end. I am going to crush you. Yep. Cry. Ridiculous. Cry. Um, Speaking of crying, yeah. Red COO Phil Castellini with the uh, like. Well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. I mean, sell mm-hmm. the team to who? That's the other thing. You want to have this debate? If you want to look at what you would do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. And so be careful what you ask for. We're doing the best we can to do with the resources that we have. 
And there's a deep drive to left field, and Castellanos hits a home run. Uh, <laughs> so, whatever you put on the teleprompter, Ron Burgundy will say. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, when, when you're looking at a team and ownership – this is the frustration that owners in the game of baseball are going to have to deal with. It's people like us mm-hmm. telling you that you're being a punk-ass bitch. Sell your damn team. Yep. Oh, no, I'd have to move it. Why? You can't do well, right, in Cincinnati? Stop what it. drugs are you on, man? Because the Bengals are there, and they're not doing a pretty solid you job of owning You can't tell me that the, the Reds don't have a good like fan base <clears throat> yeah. either. Like, you, no. g- get out of here. You're like 45 minutes away from like Louisville, Kentucky. Like You can pull a draw to mm-hmm. your stadium yep. all of the time. You know why you don't? Because you don't invest. And if I looked at your your payroll, which we did, and we, we kind of researched and we do all this stuff, your payroll is entirely covered by the TV money. So everything you're paying to run the team is all the free money. So every ticket, every hot dog, every jersey, any other sponsorships on the walls, any of that stuff that you have, you're making money off of. So what do we think? What what does a team on average make profitability per game? Let's call it a million dollars. You're making $82 million in profit, $81 million in profit, on your home games this year. Then let's go a step further. How much are all those signs around your entire stadium worth? Let's say that they're worth $10 million for the year. You're now at $100 million in profit. You're paying only a hundred and something million dollars for your team. You're not investing in the team to be a winner, right? You're not. Oh, yeah. well, if I invested that money, I don't make a profit. And then I, No, if you invested more in the team, then they're better. You could charge more money for the shit on the walls. Mm-hmm. You can charge more money at the game. More people will come and sell it out. More jerseys will be sold, and there's a thing. You make the playoffs, there, you make a more move. money. So when people are like, yo, we're showing up for you, and you're not showing up for us, that shit's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Sell your fucking team. Get out. Kick rocks. Rant over. Bars. Bars. What's your... Like, do you agree with me? Oh, 100%. We <clears throat> saw this before. I, I think... Like, you can't own any of these teams without at least a, some type of substantial amount of money. Yep. And I don't think you should be allowed to own the team if you're not trying to be competitive. I hate that. It, I, I, it hurts the sport. I, I don't think the Reds are the problem, truly. No, I don't think so either. There's, I think I think he said it poorly, but yeah. at, at, I think he could have just said, hey, like, listen, we're in a, a little bit of an in-between year, and we're going to whatever, get back on the horse, Ooh, and whatever. Also, just there's say, hey, of, listen, we don't have the money some of the other teams have. Sure, there's, there's I, a lot better ways to say than and, what he said. And listen, I, I love that you guys would all like to have that the richest person you, you, prob- you possibly could find will buy this team from me, mm-hmm. right? So that they can then put even more money in and you guys can compete with some of these other teams in the league. But I don't have to listen to that. Yep. I am going to do everything I can to do what I want to do too. Right. Because I have ego, I have desires, I love this team. Right? So I'm trying to find everything I could get with my ability to run this. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not spending $15 million like some of these other teams are. Yep. Right? I am investing some money and I'm trying to put out a winner. But I'm not going to be able to do what other people do. And yeah. I'll, I'll sit down. I'll be very open and honest with everybody. Hey, here's what it is. But <clears throat> when you start talking about profitability, what would you do? Bro, you're making 50% profit on your team. Tell me businesses that make 50%. Lululemon makes 11%. 11%. But you need to make 50? Well, he should be able to make whatever he wants on a team. Mm-hmm. To y'all, no. 
This is a this is a service business. You got to deliver your service. The fans want something. They won't pay for it if you're being an asshole. Yep. You don't get to make unlimited yep. profits. I, I think when when owners deliver like messages like this, <coughs> it's just you're not showing the full like feel of of hey your your fans do matter and their opinions do matter and you have to you have to explain your message in a better way to show that like the fact that you care and the people know that you care is important. There's a reason Mets fans love Stephen Cohen. And we didn't love the Wilpons. And listen, I, I and we've talked about it on this show. The Wilpons got screwed over. Yes. Because the Wilpons were spending money. Mm-hmm. The Wilpons had some bad deals go through, but they spent money on Jason Bay coming off of a monster year. They spent money on Cespedes, and then he breaks. He, he falls off his horse and breaks his foot, right? They spent money on David Wright, and he gets spinal stenosis and mm-hmm. goes from being a Hall of Fame-level player who's one of the best players in the league to not even being able to function on a field at all, right? Like, they had things happen to them. They weren't able to re-sign Jose Reyes because they got millions of dollars of theirs stolen by a Ponzi scheme that billions of of dollars in in economic impact happen from Mm -hmm. so again that's when i look at owners and i go you might not like your owner but remember what they actually were i don't think the mets were they were still functioning like a top 10 team they weren't functioning as a top three team and then people were like that's unacceptable now they're operating as a top two team they play a different game than everybody else right got it but what's happened because of this you have this owner saying something Mm mm-hmm Right, so he's obviously listening to our show. Oh, Steven's caused serious problems in the league. Well, so perfect example. Who else is like, we can't play this game anymore? Mm. The Lerner family. Oh, yes, right. They're going to sell team, yes. Which we talked about earlier. Nationals are about, yeah. Again, you heard it here first. Yep. Right? Like, they got rid of what they did last year to clear space off to make it easier to sell because there's not – the next owner can come in. And he can figure out they can, that, that he or she can figure out what they want to do and how they want to go with stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yep. All of that was a pre-set up for this moment. But what hap- What facilitated this? Stephen Cohen in their division is going to spend to the moon, mm-hmm. and the Nationals like we're not going to win again. We see what's going to co- three yep. years from now. Three years from now, we won't be competitive. There's no shot for us. Yeah, especially we're we're, the- we're, we're billionaires. He's a decabillionaire, right? We talk about the difference. The difference between the, the 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 poorest owner in Major League Baseball and Mike Trout, right, mm-hmm. is like nothing. They're going to have the exact same amount of money in a couple of years. It's why guys can buy MLB teams or, or can get into MLB teams. But the 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 difference between them is, is closer than that same guy and Steve Cohen, right? Mm-hmm. You just can't compete. You got to get out. Yep. And it's 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 what's now changed the game. It's why this current CBA is fine and dandy, but between now and next CBA, I I would expect three other teams to sell at minimum mm-hmm. because you, you're not going to be able to stay in the game anymore. Yeah, yeah, and there's and it's people like you know the the Mike Trouts, the Juan Sotos that are just pushing the cost of the top players all the way up. And God help the whoever has to pay for Juan Soto because it's going to be a pretty penny. And, and staying, <laughs> staying in, staying in that division as we are there. Yeah. Um, do you feel lucky that the Phillies like had that one game where the Mets blew out like a couple arms in the same game and they snuck a win five four at the at the very last moment? Do I feel lucky? Yeah, because you pick for them to win the division and they absolutely got housed. They did by the Mets upside down and sideways all weekend long. 
Like, it was borderline a joke. It looked like a, a JV team pr- trying to play against a professional team the entire time. Uh, it looks uh, – where did who, – who's that guy they signed? Schwarber. N- no, he was O for, like, everything. That's not he, true because I made money off Schwarber getting RBIs. He, he got did – he, did he get hit with a ball? Because at one point in time he was 0 for 12 for the series. So, like, his insignificant hit didn't matter. Next, who's the other guy? I can't remember his name. Uh, I won Nick Castellanos. Yeah, he played like garbage. Who's the guy they paid all the money to, though? He won an MVP that he didn't deserve? Oh, 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 oh. Nope, still can't remember his name. Brian Harper? Oh, Brian. No, Bryce. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce Harper. <laughs> Bryce Harper. So, yeah, that that. remember when we were talking about where are they? He definitely did deserve that MVP. Where are they year, better the than the Mets? Absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. Not a damn spot. That's fine. They're the, one of the most atrocious fielding teams I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. No, that's ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Mets are better at every single infield position except for catcher. The pitching staff is wildly better for the Mets. Wildly. Like, I would say Wheeler would be the third on a good day because Bassett looked better than him so yeah. far this season. Uh, I would say that Walker. Scherzer has looked better. And Tyler McGill is his current favorite for the Cy Young Award. <laughs> you are don't, so ridiculous. Don't sleep on Cookie. How or, am uh, I? How am I ridiculous? Who's pitched better than Tyler McGill so far this season? We're, we're what six it's games? I don't give it. I don't I mean, give a, no, he, For all of the opening day starters in the league, Dennis, every how is so well, okay? Kershaw we'll, pitched we'll, better. We'll than use a perfect day. example. Can you pull up? The Yankees, tell me how their opening oh, day pitches. Oh, we're not, we're not talking about Garrett Cole right now. No, we're talking about Garrett Cole right now. I just want right. to know what's his current ERA. <laughs> and he has two starts. He has two starts. And he's an opening day pitcher. Let's just compare him McGill, and Tyler McGill. Has McGill given up a run? We'll, 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 hold on, hold on. We'll run this back. <laughs> I'm just asking. We'll run this. Well, listen, we can we'll just go line by line real quick. All right. Line by line Where real quick. Where do you want to start with? Uh... We'll start off right now with wins. How many wins? Does the opening day starter for the Yankees have? Garrett Cole is 0-0 zero and zero on the season. 0-0. Zero and zero. Okay, Ty- Tyler McGill is 2-0. and oh. mm. Okay, let's go to ERA. Okay, a 5.59 for Garrett Cole. Excellent job. He's doing magically. A 0.00 for Tyler McGill. Great. Let's go innings pitched. Uh, 9.2. 10.1. So he's more innings. Innings eater compared to Garrett Cole. Excellent. We're doing amazingly so far. How many hits has he allowed? Eight. Six for Tyler McGill. How many strikeouts? Nine. Eleven for Tyler McGill. So, what's his FIP? Uh, it's a 6.08. Tyler McGill's is a 0.85. So, even though it's a 0-0, it's not like he's been entirely not dominant. He's a sub-1 ERA. So, my point is, you can minimize, it's been two games, all you want, Yankee fan. Get out of here. Tyler McGill's been incre- incredible. The, the so, Mets, the Mets but, staff as a whole has been incredible. From the pit starting side, the relievers, a little let, more questionable. Let's, let's also <laughs> mention just real quick. Please do. Garrett Cole played the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Who did McGill pitch against? The Phillies, who were proje- predicted to be the best. And who else? And the Nationals. Who are supposed to be a joke. With Juan Soto. Still a joke. But they beat the Braves. I mean... Anything could happen in baseball. Exactly. The Braves could suck this year. How? What's the Braves' record right now? Uh, let's take a look. I'm sure. Because the the Yankees are are, are 500, so they're a meh team that's going to miss are, the playoffs, Mets like we talked about. Mets are five and two. 
two wins for this guy? The Braves are currently three and four. What are the Phillies? The, I feel like they're 500 or something like that. They got to be lower than that. They had to have lost their opening series to the Braves. The Phillies are three and three. Okay. Oh, lucky. <laughs> so fucking lucky. We played the A's the first series. So again, I, all, all I'm all I'm sitting at right here, all I'm sitting at is Jacob Degrom. The Infinity Stone hasn't even shown up yet. Yep. No, listen. The the, the Mets starters looked insanely good, and I, and I know Dennis saw, Dennis saw my tweet. They're all. They, it seems like the chemistry within our staff is real good. Cause you have dominance for sure all over the the unpredictability of the Mets is that Taiwan Walker is going to move to the bullpen. Yeah. Taiwan Walker is moving to the bullpen. That's what I like think long about guy. that. Well, also get long oh. guy. The Mets need the Mets need guys in their in their uh, uh, relief core who can actually throw strikes because it's the only downside that they've had this far mm-hmm. because nobody's scoring against their starters and then they're scoring some runs later in the game and making it look like it was a game and it wasn't. You know who pitched real well from the from the pen? Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Which again, Peterson had looked really, really good, and he he is struggling to get to the point that he can even get in the game. He's our eighth starter, seventh starter, seven thirteenth starter. Yeah. Like the so again, my 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 whole thing. We we've been talking about this entire time. Yeah. Peterson rocking a zero a zero ERA. They're like four innings right now. A zero ERA. Because like he came in after T when he got <clears throat> he got four innings. Also, DeGrom, I think, is out till June, not May. Just uh, an update for you. I believe it's June Th- 1 now. That's that's everybody just saying that they're going to be super slow with his return. Which but I'm fine with because we're, we're fine as a group right now. Genuinely, if they're, if they're looking at it every week, if they take an MRI and the, and the stress reaction and his shoulder is gone mm-hmm. and it's healed up, he can start doing stuff immediately to build back tolerance. So, like, the, the, the idea of what it is, that's all with him being out four weeks and then resting for – recovering for six. Mm-hmm. I don't see that long of a recovery period for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just trying to be overly like aggressive with how long it takes. Right. But, but yeah, we're going, going with that. Nah, like what, what's up? I want to hear from you two guys. You guys had a lot to say about the season. Again, my, well, my all I want to say Barrios is the, outduels. The best team in baseball right now is the Colorado Rockies. Still, oh. they are four and one. And in those four games, they had played a series against the Dodgers. So maybe we're sleeping on them. Who knows? It's going to be Rockies Guardians World Series. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just put put five dollars on that bet. See what happens. Both who, bet for the day. <laughs> who has you guys have watched a lot of baseball? We've yep. been talking in the chat. Everybody's been a little bit more primed up on the show this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching games. Who has been the player? Not not named Quan, right? Who's been the player that's like surprised you the most? Everybody here knows the guy, the player who surprised me the most. It's Tyler McGill. Yeah, well, and rightfully so. Rightfully genuinely, so. Genuinely, you can say whatever you want. He threw a ninety-nine mile an hour fastball. It's not like he was out here like, and I'm just making this up. He's six seven two thirty, throwing ninety eight mm-hmm. miles an hour, ninety nine miles an hour. Like he went to the Jacob he's, Degrom. He simplified school his of, motion, and then he's just throwing absolute. He literally gas. looked like he copied Degrom. Yep, like he just copied him. He was like, "All right, how do I do this, Jake?" And he said, "Like this." And he goes, "Okay, zip." 
the the so like that's my guy. McGill's my guy. Who surprised you, Deets? I know you got a guy off the top of your head. So one thing is like obviously we knew the Rays were going to be good. They're not talked about because the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox are just a more fun team to talk about. Mm-hmm. But G Man Choi is just off to a tremendous start this season. Uh, 16 at bats so far. He's got two home runs. He's batting uh, 563 with an OPS of 1729. So that's that's definitely like I. Our our buddy Timmy is a big G Man Choi. Yes, guy. he is. But uh, I always kind of just thought that was a joke. But he's off to a hell of a start. That's for sure. Yeah. Again, you look at his numbers. He's batting five sixty three. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is the his 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 photo of himself doing a full split, <laughs> right? Fielding a ball at first base, like yep. absolute legend. Um, that's a that's a great take. That's a great bring bringing mm-hmm. bringing everything to the pod. <laughs> bringing it. Gerson's out here like I got I got to top that now. Mm. He's like Bill took the one. Bill took the homer route. Sure, he made it easy for himself. Dennis is out here well researched. <sighs> I got to show up. I guess in, I could say Kershaw just because that is surprising in, in his first start. Um, there's a lot of people. Ian Happ was playing really well for the Cubs. Loki, the Cubs I think are actually going to be better than people realize. They dominated the Brewers in their first series, um, and I think we picked no no we picked the Cardinals to win the Central, but. Yep. I had the Brewers at least in a close second, but they, it doesn't seem like the Brewers in general are playing well as a group. I think Corbin Burns' most recent start, he was better, but his first one was ugly. Um, I'll go with Ian Happ. I think he's also on my fantasy team, and he's been playing well. See, I thought you were going to stay with um, – I thought you were you were going to stay with for a, a, a moment with the, uh, with the big feels with uh, Chicago. And uh, – Saya Suzuki. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Well, the thing is with him is he also was kind of he, – he's not just a rookie. Like, he's been playing pro. Yeah, but he only has 15 at-bats. He's been playing really well. Don't get me wrong. And in 15 at-bats, he's got three home runs. Oh, Dennis. Also, I don't know I'm, if you my – man, My man's on, on the on the path right I think, now. I think uh, Cody is breaking out of his slump a little bit. He had two home runs yesterday. Nice. You know who else has been uh, slaying the game this year is uh, Nolan Arenado, another guy that might uh, be an MVP candidate this year for the NL. Oh, what's his line? Uh, right now, so he has three home runs. His average is 438. His OPS is 1658. That is not bad. Yeah. Listen, the Cardinals are going to be scary. I'm, I oh, no no doubt about that. We got we got to go. We got to go. I got to talk my shit. I got to talk my shit right now. I think he's I think he's cooled off though. Who's that? Brandon Nimmo. He's he his had o- another home run his, yesterday. His OPS is only eleven thirty-seven. Why talk about him when you could talk about Marcana? Well, because it, it Marcana, Marcana fell off even more. Can we put Dennis? Can you pull up Bryce Harper for me real quick? Because oh the biggest comp for Brandon Nimmo in the entire world is Bryce Harper. They're you know de- nearly identical players for you, their careers. You mean the guy that you're saying didn't deserve the MVP last year despite having forty-two home runs? Yeah, ten forty-four OPS. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So far this year, Bryce Harper in a, on a playground field. Uh, so far this year, Bryce Harper has uh, struggled. What's we'll, his OPS we'll right now? Uh, Six forty-one. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> Nimmo three thirty-three batting average, four twenty-nine. You know, it'll it'll just be four out of the last five years with an above four hundred on base percentage. Uh, yeah, and he's slugging seven oh eight for an eleven thirty-seven. Yes, like you said, he had another home run. That's two. So he's already and he's leading the league in triples. Uh, so you know, just ag- again. And you also, know, Jeff McNeil's batting three twelve. The Mets again. All I'm <laughs> all I'm saying is the Mets have too many good players because some of these guys are sitting on days just because they need to get the other savages. I, but you know bats. what? I really have liked how Buck is rotating everybody. He's I, I'm telling you right now, 
I am that might be who I'm most impressed with that I've like watched mm-hmm. is like Buck looks like he's pressed all the right buttons. Yes. Like when the Mets got hit for the eleven thousandth time mm-hmm. by the Nationals and now they've gotten hit even more by the Phillies because either the Mets are standing on the plate uh, or the pitching in the NL East is going to be an atrocity this year. Um, <clears throat> when when Lindor got hit, Buck's first guy out. He's trying to fight and throw hands. Yep. And I don't know how old Buck is, but Buck looks like he's eighty. Um, storming out there, mm-hmm. ready to throw hands. Like not anymore. Yep. And then after the game, like yo, if you can't throw effing strikes and you can't throw, like you don't deserve to be in the show. Like get that guy the f up out of here. Yeah. Uh, loved it. And then because of that, he's rotated well. Cano gets at bats. McNeil's mm-hmm. getting at bats. Dom Smith. Everybody who's kind of congested is still getting time. Yep. You know, maybe not as much as you'd like to, but they're still getting time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has been impressive. They got to do something though. Something's got to give. Something's. They have too much talent on their team right now. Someone. Someone's got to get moved for a <clears throat> relatively high level reliever. Yes. Or. or- Walker goes to the pen or something like that. I don't know if necessarily that would happen. I think if anything, we would move one of our starters for a reliever. I could see that being the case. Um, but yes, they desperately need. Uh, I would like a lefty that is of higher caliber. But again, I think Peterson's potentially going to take that yes. role. So that's that's an interesting thing that that he pitched extremely well. Um, he was only up because of uh, injuries and things and from Triple A. But, but but you and I have also always said right, like uh, Peterson looks great his first time through a lineup. Mm-hmm. Right, he 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 spot up. He'll hit this. He then will just all of a sudden just lose it for whatever reason. But in a relief role, yep. Yeah, it probably works super well. But you know what's interesting too? It seems like Buck has pretty much capped our starters at six to five, uh, five to six innings, and then he's already going right to the pen. And I think that's kind of it keeps our starters from like falling off. But also now we're like utilizing the pen a little more, and that's why we've seen the the back half of games get real interesting for the Mets. Um, which is why I think someone who's in a good, who's good in a long relief role that comes out and throws the sixth and the seventh and gets us to our Seth Lugo and Edwin Diaz or whoever's our setup guy, um, I think that's the best way to go about it. So I would just like to see if that addition is made a great guy who can guarantee you a three outs in an inning yeah. most of the time. Yeah. So and I think there's people out there that could be available for that. Um, one of them being Rizel Iglesias, was someone who I, who came to mind closer for the Angels. Angels always need a little extra starting pitching, so maybe that's a, a move. Also, oh, we really miss Aaron Loop at this moment. We miss we yeah. miss Loop a lot. Yeah, we miss but, Loop a lot. Which yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that the, a move for a, a reliever is going to have to happen. The challenge mm-hmm. is is that nobody wants to give up anything right this second. Yep. You know, so you have to do it internally. My thing is, you can't take as of right now, you can't take McGill out. When Degrom does come back, somebody has to move. Yep. And then, really, if you're looking at it, Peterson makes more sense even than Walker to just mix it up in terms of arms in the rotation. Yep. Uh, Get a so, lefty arm in there. So, interesting. I, somebody's got to move to the bullpen. But I think, too, with the way that everyone else has been pitching on the staff, yeah, there is no rush for DeGrom to come back. No. So, don't. come. Take your sweet time. Come back when you're absolutely ready. And then we'll just rush bury back. everyone. Rush back. Don't wait. No, I don't need rush. you to win the Cy Young. It's okay. It's all good. I, I need you to have a one one year. Like, right. like you said, he's, if he misses four starts, yeah, but he's gonna miss more than four starts. Okay, fine. He's he misses six. June. But if he gets, call it twenty five starts, 
No, he didn't. He, 25, uh, 25, I don't know if he qualifies. It's going to be close. If he has a one ERA, so I think it'll be a travesty if he didn't win the Cy Young because he didn't start enough. I, do, I just don't, yeah. Like, <laughs> but we're here for the travesties, but like. I guess so, if, yeah. If he has that, without, obviously. How many did he have last year? 15? The season was fantastic. Uh, I don't even think he had 15. Deets, I, how fast can you get that up? What was the question? Not as fast oh, as I can. Deets was doing other work. He's, right. he's, I was he's, looking up something else that I can't find. <laughs> he, made fi- he made exactly 15, 15? starts. Okay. Yeah. And he had a 1.08 ERA, and he went 7-2. and two. Right. So I get that. He didn't get to Cy Young. He only pitched half a season. Yeah. But if he had 10 more starts, <clears throat> and he, I would give him the Cy Young if he had 25 starts. So in, to, in 2016, he had 24 starts. There you go. And he had a 3.04 ERA. And he won year. the Cy Young, right? No. No? When did, what was his line for Cy Young? Uh, his first Cy Young was which year? I'm sure. 2018? Yep. That one, sounds right. 1.7 ERA. 32 starts. Gotcha. Then the next year, uh, two, four, three, two, four, three, and 32 starts. And just to recap, that's the year he should have gone 30 and 0. And then he had a two, three, eight, and 12 starts, but they gave it to a cheater. Yep. Um, the Mickey Mouse and, Young. and then he followed that up with 15 starts and a one ERA. Uh, <clears throat> what do you think the Mets do with him? In the offseason? <clears throat> yeah. That is a tough question. He has to opt out. He's going to. I need him to be healthy when he comes back the rest of the season. And that's the thing, right? Like, I think that they would be willing to give him the same deal they gave Kershaw. Kershaw or Scherzer? Or Scherzer. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll give him the same deal they gave Scher- uh, Scherzer, which is just three years. Mm. At, like, belliger- a bunch of money. Belligerently yep. well paid. Yep. Because uh, he's going to have to go to those because, like, dude, we don't know if you're even going to be able to live that long. Mm-hmm. Like your your body's just been falling apart. Yep. Um. But going deeper, how's how's my man Giancarlo doing, Deets? Uh. Giancarlo has struggled. Two thirty-eight. I would batting say average. Struggled. Two home runs. I think I I think the Yankees are just the Yankees. <clears throat> they hit home runs or they don't do anything. It's one of the two. <laughs> you see John Carl? Uh, not John Carl. Uh, John Sterling's home run call last night on him yeah no. he's he's gotta go he's 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 almost as bad as michael k I like it's painful he, he did it again where he's like it's high it is far it is caught at the warning oh, track wow. yeah and that's happened twice to stanton oh, oh actually no it, it hit the wall last time when they were when they were at fenway he's like what did i miss what just happened what i do wrong <laughs> which i don't understand how he did that like what where, what are you watching not the game. Not the game. <laughs> well, the one at Fenway made more sense because, if, yes. if I'm not mistaken, he was watching on a, a TV screen. Yes, I think like, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were still remote at that point, so yeah, that could be the reason. Yesterday, there's no Is Glaber excuse. starting every day? No. Mm-mm. They're doing like a rotation type thing where uh, whoever's the DH, they'll put someone else in their spot. LeMahieu's played some second. He's played some third. Glaber's mm-hmm. played some second. He's played some short. Donaldson's DH played third. Judge has played center already. Like they're they're all over the place. They're still so misconstructed. It's yes, crazy it, that they haven't put themselves in a spot off the, where like they know where guys should be. Yes, off the rip, they definitely seem a little chaotic. Not sure what their identity is. That's yeah. kind of what the vibe I got from watching their games, which is weird because watching the Mets, that's not how I feel. Which yeah. normally well, is how I feel. <laughs> and you, the Mets and them are doing the exact same thing, right? Where mm-hmm. like Jeff McNeil's playing left field. Yes, right. Well, they're, they're doing it better, <clears throat> but they're doing it because. Guys can play these positions, mm-hmm. but they need to just get the the like 
they're they're trying to keep everybody fresh. The mm-hmm. Yankees, it just looks like they don't have anybody for two or three positions. They definitely have a first baseman, that's for sure. They, de- they sure Rizzo's do. Rizzo's been fantastic. They sure do. I don't know why there was ever really. Also, did you see that the, um, Cashman didn't even extend an offer to Freeman? I mean, listen, I don't know why everybody's so surprised. How's Freeman been? Not good. <laughs> right? Like I don't know what his numbers are, honestly. I'll pull I'll I'm pull up, him up. I'll pull up Frederick. Two eighty six, no home runs and twenty one at bats. Um, batting average is fine, but his OPS is seven fifty six. Right? So mm. now I'm sure again, I'm sure Freddie's gonna turn it around. He's a great player, he's gonna get there. He's no Matt Olson though. But but Fre- Freddie's older. Yep. Right? Like and, and it's a situation where like this is the this is the thing, like this is the judge conversation. Like, do you pay the guy, or is he going to be too old and he's not going to be able to hit? Did we did we <clears throat> do the um, the judge? That was last episode, right? We talked about that. Yeah, so make yeah. sure we covered it. Okay, and, and that's and that's my that's my thing with like all of it. Do you feel like guys age out of the league faster than we used to think? Yes. <clears throat> Yes, and I think it's because of the philosophy as a whole of bringing people up that are more affordable. I don't think it's even just that, though. We've seen over the past few years, like, swings have become more violent. Like, people are trying, to, like, to be power guys, and I think that's just, like, taking more of a toll on their body altogether. Right, but even so, like, like the in, in older MLB, like, there were guys who'd play 20 <clears throat> years relatively consistency, consistently and also have... And, like, they would stick with the veteran guy because he's been there forever instead of bringing up Joe Schmo, who's the, the youngster. Well, so I, my, I guess my, my question then is, who is the young guy who was brought up who's the old guy now? The only guy I can think of is Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, he, he was probably like 19, I think, when they brought him up, so he's right. been around forever. And, and But then he's also old. He won a World Series in 2003. Like, keep that in mind. <clears throat> Like, and, and that was when he was a rookie. I, I mean, Nelson Cruz was drafted in – oh, yeah, that was an interesting stat. Nelson Cruz was drafted the same year Spencer Torkelson was born. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, funny. So, like, there are some people who – but there's mu- much fewer. Yeah, I mean, Nelson Cruz is 41. He is old. Yes. It's the right? it's the the Brady and Seth But he Wilson wasn't thing. good last year. I mean, he had a metric ton of home runs. He was an all-star. He, yeah, he but he wasn't great last year. He was he was an all star though. <laughs> Dennis coming with it. he can he can say whatever he wants, right? Like he he played last year on three different teams. No, no. So excuse me, he played on two different teams. So because I'm looking at his numbers for this year, where he's also not very good. Uh, he had a 7.25 in one place. He had 9.07 in the other. Mm-hmm. Right, the 9.07 carries. And it makes the entire lineup look better. But then you look at him, and when he got traded to Tampa Bay, he he was meh. And this year, he's super meh. 522. I mean, I, I <laughs> said he was going to be my all-star that would be a bust this year. But even last mm. year, like, he still had the pop. It was just, you know, he's not. He's a, he, that's what he is now. He hits a bunch of home but runs. But that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Like, we don't, like, Cano. Cano, yep. Cano is an older guy who's hitting right now and doing everything else. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like you used to see a lot more, like, of that, where like they still really, really could hit, and we don't, we don't see it. Even Cano's down to 200 batting average after a hot. Oh, so first you're so you're saying like the older guys <clears throat> just falling off in terms of. Yeah, like, do you, do you think it's it's has to do with uh, pitching also of like the pitching's just better all around? I think it's all of the things. I think right, it's, it's a combination of everything. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's how how well prepared you have to be to be a stud, mm-hmm. and then it's how much the analytics play into it, and. 
then you're getting to the point that just older guys can't go. But like we would say a guy would start to fall off like 36. Yeah. But now we're starting to see guys falling off at like 32. Mm-hmm. Right now, like 32, we're like, no, nah, he a four-year contract. No, he'll definitely be terrible by the end of it. And it's like, man, we used to believe that that wasn't the case. Who's who's someone you think of top of your head that's like just past 30? They're like, all right, they're getting phased out of the league already. Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I guess yeah, because they kind of moved on. Like, from like him. they moved on from Freddie Freeman mm-hmm. after winning a World Series, right? And <clears throat> you look at what his offer ended up being. It ended up being not. Special, yeah, and it right? seems like Braves fans are not even gonna miss a beat. Like, Matt Olson, like, we love cool you. Buy. Like, how does he have to feel? Like, if I'm a player in the league, right? All that fake love, miss me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they hate Freddie now, and they love Matt Olson. Like, Braves mm-hmm. fans are like, and that's fucking, they've gone to and the that, extreme. That, that proves that Hotland is a a, a a a dumpster fire fan base. Like. Well, what about Acuna talking shit about uh, Freeman? Oh, yeah, we didn't get to <clears throat> I didn't that. hear this. You guys oh, got to yeah. lay this yeah, down for me. He's talking that doo-doo. I'll, I'll see me. if I can pull up the exact quotes. Right. So, so in the in the Spark Notes version, while Deeds gets the, <clears throat> the real words up, um, he did an interview and basically said that when he was a rookie. It was an Instagram Live. Instagram Live, sure. Interview, whatever. Um, he was, when he was a rookie, uh, Freddie Freeman and some of the older guys were, like, giving him a little bit of uh, criticism of – how he was playing the game, how he, you know, had a lot of flair, eye black, all different things, things he were doing that he was like, no, we don't do that here. Like, kind of like big brothering him, and he didn't like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Freddie responded with like, no, I got nothing but love for Ronald, whatever. And I don't really, I have to imagine based on like the outward presence that Freddie puts out, that it, I don't think it was meant to be like mean. I think it was just of, hey, I'm a veteran, and this is how we do things here. Don't don't mess with the status quo of how how we operate and i know and i think ronald's obviously a um polarizing guy and you know is his own person and very you know except like uh electric as a player uh-huh and it just seemed like he he took that a certain way that maybe it wasn't meant to be but then he also put it out there like no nah, i'm not gonna miss him then that was the direct quote do you have it? Uh, it? It's not like the exact quotes, but okay. it's, it's essentially like uh, what it comes down to is when you put on a Braves uniform in that organization, there's rules. Freddie was like, it's the same thing with the Yankee stuff, except for it'd be like, you can't put your sunglasses on top of your hat because you can't cover the A. Yeah, You could put eye black on, but it's got to be the two lines. You can't have it all down the face. Like it's all prim mm-hmm. and proper type stuff. I think my favorite part about it, though, is when they asked Acuna about it. Um, he like denied all this stuff, and then the reporter came out, and he's like, "No, like you did, you said all this stuff. I was there for it, and it was just, it's just a mess of a situation altogether." Mm-hmm. But it's it's just interesting to see how nothing like this has happened with the Yankees yet, where someone's kind of opened their mouth trying to get around the old ways. But you could see like the Braves are kind of like the National League version of that, and now mm-hmm. you're seeing like these young guys coming up that are exciting and want it to be more fun. Yep. And you have players speaking out against it. So I'm curious if if the Yankee way is going to be something uh, of the past soon. Well, I think, too, for the Yankees, like, they're even more so than the Braves. It, it's well known what their rules are. Like, uh, Isaiah kind of like, as soon as he was traded, already had shaved his face and posted about it. Same with he, Donaldson. Same with Donaldson. Like, everyone knows, like, that's the thing. You have to, you have to carry yourself a certain way. But I do think on the flip side, like, you got – like Aaron Judge, for example, has like custom cleats and things like that, which whoever does his cleats does a great job. Um, shout out to Anthony. Uh, and like like and there's things like that where you can kind of be yourself while also adhering to everything that they believe in as the 
the rules in their organization. So I think there are ways to handle it and go go about it in a respectful way. And I don't think honestly, like like sure, if if the sunglasses thing is a rule, I don't think it's that big a deal to adhere to it. Um, but I can see where as the way Acuna carries himself, that like someone trying to like limit what he can do as a person it can be frustrating yeah so so like i i just caught myself all the way up on everything and he seems to acuna's now been asked about it and he's like that that whole thing got blown way out of proportion and taken Mm -hmm. out of context he's i do it does appear even by his comments that like he's very much like they weren't best friends yeah um and and that's okay but i also think that that had to do with the fact that acuna felt like he was one of the top five players in the league but it was always freddie's team Mm-hmm. Right, and then he came up, and he's a superstar, and he's like, "I want this to be my team," and he's not. Right, and Freddie always ran it, and the reason why they just won a World Series was because of Freddie and and not Ronald. Right, and he so wasn't like, a part of that, and that's tough. Ronald yeah. Ronald's got a lot that he's going to have to overcome himself mm-hmm. because if if they never win a World Series moving forward, right, then Ronald's not a superstar. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He's just a really good player. Uh, oh no 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 he he is a superstar he's this like yeah but you don't lift your team up freddie lifted a team up he right. got the guys rallied around when you disappeared team got better mm-hmm. that's gonna be starting to be a conversation and i think acuna is kind of like this positioning is interesting i think let's wait and see how this plays out um but this is this is the bryce harper thing all over again bryce harper led all these young guys who are coming up who are trying to be outspoken thank you bryce harper Mm-hmm. right yep. because my man came up and he got all of the shit and the reality is is he was you could say what this that or a third like he was a white kid who was the phenom and he took all the shit from everybody mm-hmm. so it's not about cultural it's not about this it no, was literally not. about this is just not what baseball players do and now that's broken up a lot and there are people who still believe that it shouldn't be that way and th- if those guys succeed they'll say that it was right Mm-hmm. Right, Freddie's like, hey, you got to do it this way. We won a World Series. Obviously, I'm right, and yeah. and it's hard to come back from that. But yep. uh, man, uh, interest interesting thing. What do you think about Acuna? What do you th- what do you think is going to be the the return? <clears throat> that's a that's an interesting question because uh, he's he's borderline like him and Soto are similar. They similar are similar cats. players, so. I don't think his injury is something that can't, he can't come back full steam from and be a savage. Like, we saw, like, he, he'll be back relatively soon. Mm-hmm. And in spring training, like, the videos of him, you know, working out and different stuff, he looked really good. So, optimistically, I think he'll come back and be a great player. Um, how that impacts where the Braves land, I think it'll be helpful. And, and it hurt them last year, but also they found a way to win anyway. So that is to the point of you're not irreplaceable. Clearly with Freddie Freeman, you can be replaced. Um, but I, I think he'll, uh, he'll still be the <clears throat> Ronald Acuna of old. That's. Do you think we'll, well, so we're seeing it in the NBA, right? There's a big conversation about it now in the NBA. And I think that it's going to happen to baseball next. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be football last. And where's it, hockey. What? What? <laughs> Disney on ice doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so what we're seeing is in the NBA, the like super teams mm. aren't working anymore. Right? <clears throat> and I think everybody believed that the super team was the thing mm-hmm. because it worked away and LeBron was such a public figure. And people didn't realize that it was working because LeBron's LeBron. Yep. 
right? And they were like, oh, LeBron's only winning because super team, right? Name me the next super team we saw. And I was thinking about this this morning when I came in. Golden State Warriors, right? Golden State. How long was Golden State's streak of greatness? Four years? Three or four years? Yeah, three three years. Three titles. Yep. Lost to LeBron for one of them, Mm -hmm. right? They won two, lost one, then won the next one. Was that what it? Yeah. Yeah. But they got three titles in four years. When you go back in basketball, the 80s are marked by streaks of teams winning. Mm-hmm. The 90s are marked by streaks of teams winning. Right. The early 2000s are marked by streaks of teams winning. Right? The late 2000s, early 2010s, streaks of teams winning. We don't see that anymore. Right? Everybody kept trying to put the super team together. How's Kyrie and Kevin Durant doing? In a playing game. <laughs> How did they do with James Harden on their team? Had to break it up, <laughs> yep, right? Yep. How's James Harden and Joel Embiid doing? Mm-hmm. Meh. Yeah. After the first couple of games, it's it's pulled down. Right. Right. How how is Kawhi and Paul George doing? Bounced. So do you think it's these the new super teams are poorly constructed? Yes, I think the like player, the Golden State was much better constructed. The player focused development teams. When you think that you and your homies getting together. That that's how great NBA is, mm-hmm. because you you watch LeBron go and hang out with his homies and win. Yep. When you think that that's how winning happens, you were seeing the result, not the process. Right. Golden State was built through the draft. Right. Yep. That was a GM and a coaching staff building a team. Mm-hmm. They then added Kevin Durant and became a super team. Yep. But they already were winning without him. Right? Yep. So you then think, oh, I can just pull great players together and I'll win too. Kawhi won, right? Proved that you didn't need the super team, right? Mm -hmm. He wins with the Raptors. They have a bunch of really good players and one superstar. He then goes, no, I'm out of here. I'm going to the Clippers. Paul George like, get me out of here. Get me to the Clippers. Clippers get bounced in the playing tournament. Super teams don't work. Who won last year? Bucks. One great player and a team around him. Yep. So everybody who's been chasing after you need two superstars to win, guys, tell me when that's actually worked. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's the oddity and not the rule any longer. The Mavs are kind of doing the same thing, right? The the Mavs have been trying to find him running mates. Yep. And when they had Porzingis, it wasn't working. They traded Porzingis for Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie, which are better shooters around him who mm-hmm. don't need the ball. And they got better, right? Yep. And it's not that Porzingis isn't a great player and can't be part of a winning culture. It's that you don't necessarily need to have that. You look at Atlanta. Trey Young is that guy. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team is super, super deep. That team is now winning. You look at John Morant. John Morant has now taken that team up. You look at the at the uh, uh, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. They have a, a odd situation. It's mm-hmm. different because Chris Paul is like a completely different player. He's not like a superstar demanding the ball. He's just a facilitator. But he pulled it in and made that team great. And he, he But Devin Booker is a superstar. But DeAndre Ayton was the first overall pick. Chris Paul was a first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges was a, was a lottery pick. That team is covered in talent, but it really is. We have one guy who gets to be that guy. Mm-hmm. We don't have a whole bunch of them. LeBron and, and AD and that that fell apart by trying to make it a superstar team. Mm-hmm. So let's box that up, right? Let's box that up. Yep. 
you then have seen the NFL try to do that, right? And you just saw the Rams do it. Mm -hmm. Super team. Trade everything away. Let's consolidate it. You then watched this offseason, the copycat league. The Broncos, let's do that, that same thing. Well, so now when you think back, the Broncos were actually the first team to do it. They had a really, really solid team that made it to the playoffs. And then they went and they got Peyton Manning. Super Bowl, right? Yep. So how do we – Tom Brady did it. Mm-hmm. He went to a team just like Peyton did. Super Bowl. Everybody's copycatting it. I think that you start to get Would you say the Dodgers lost. The Dodgers have assembled a super the team? The Dodgers, and this is why I said baseball is going to be the next one to really feel it. Because mm-hmm. baseball, we've watched the Dodgers manifest this pay-to-play structure. Yep. But we on this show have talked about the lack of development across the league. Mm-hmm. But I am starting to see young players being allowed to play. And now that young players are being allowed to play, we have some magic teams that are all of a sudden way better than we thought. So, and here's Pert. I think this year in particular, and we've had a conversation of the AL Rookie of the Year. Yep. There's six or seven guys who, when added to a decent team, have the potential to be great. Yep. The, like the, the Tigers. Last year, we didn't give a shit about the Tigers. Nobody cared. They added a couple pretty solid pieces, and then Spencer Torkelson, potential to be a legendary first baseman. All of a sudden, this team is interesting. Yep. A little bit. Yep. So I think giving those guys the opportunity when they're not at 27, at 20, and coming in at 23, 24, and letting them progress, and then when they're really in their prime and the team's assembled a little bit better of a squad, all of a sudden we're going to have – all these young guys with all these really solid teams in their competition is going to be way better, and I think that's where we where we need to progress to. And I'm excited about it. I think it's I think it's how it needs to operate. But but and that that's kind of what I'm kind of rallying around is is I don't think the paying of superstars is necessarily what needs to get done to win. Yes, I agree. And, and I think that baseball will be the next one to have to like pull out of that. Mm-hmm. But I see it in the NFL too. It's where where you're going and you're doing the Deshaun Watson deal to like because you think that this is the move, and it's how everybody's winning now. Yep. But I feel like you're you you do still need to have the right cultural fit, and Peyton Manning is the anomaly, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Right. Tom Brady is is an anomaly, not a rule. Matt Stafford was considered. I had said multiple times. I thought Matt Stafford might be the most talented quarterback in the entirety of the league playing on the worst organization in the entirety of sports. And then he goes to a team where he has all that. He wins a Super Bowl. But he was the number one overall draft pick. Mm -hmm. Like, he had thrown for 5,000 yards in a season. He was a superstar. Deshaun Watson's not that guy. Mm -hmm. right? He hasn't been that person. He had everything. He had Hopkins. He had all this stuff. He had all this winning, and he wasn't winning. Right? Like, baseball, bringing in Freddie Freeman – to me, was like, you guys aren't building a team. You're just collecting baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I don't know if that will work. Right. And I think on the other side of that coin is what the Braves did last year. And they said, yes. they, oh, cool, we have a solid team. We're going to add the right pieces, and we're just going to go win. And it didn't have to be a superstar player. It just had to yep. be a really good player. Yep. And, and that's why I really liked the, what the Mets had done because – Canna, we were talking about it before. What he's done replacing what amounts to be Conforto's numbers, mm-hmm. right? It hasn't been magical, but he's been really solid. And he's for, been more productive than Conforto was, and that's what we wanted. $13 million a year, and Conforto mm-hmm. was out here asking for 30 
Yep. Like, it's why he still hasn't signed. Or because, you know, he hurt himself in a workout diving for a ball. Um, and then you you look at Escobar. Escobar's faster and better with the glove and a whole bunch of things that I wasn't expecting. Like, good, solid signing for what mm-hmm. he was. Like, that was an upgrade that didn't look – it wasn't a super superstar. Yep. It was just like, hey, like, really good players. Um, and then I, I, I like I like all these teams playing their young guys. So I, the the Rays, I think, have it. I think it's always that right blend. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching how teams, like, are constructed, I don't know if this Dodgers experiment works this year. They are definitely off to a rough start. Yes. Um, even just, like, looking at their their line, their lineup and looking at the averages, like, they're no one outside of – um cody pellinger's batting all right i guess but uh chris taylor looks good and gavin lux looks good everyone else is struggling but think about what you just said what team do you associate bellinger with the dodgers so the guy who's a dodger is playing well as a dodger and by Mm -hmm. playing well he's batting 222 but his ops is 808 so and then when you think about freeman who do you think about he's a brave yep so now he's he he's not that guy yet like he hasn't gotten there, so that that like heart and soul of the team thing, mm-hmm. you can't just transplant it. It yep. doesn't just move with you, yep. right? Lindor found that out last year, mm-hmm. right? He had to grow into it. Now, it, I feel like the culture there is better, mm-hmm. right? It fits a, a little bit more the vibe. Great, but like the, Trey Turner, Trey Turner's about ready to leave. Like he's he's going to be gone after this year. Could be potentially. So like. He's he in his head right now. Is he given everything for the Dodgers? I don't know, but he might not be a lifelong Dodger. It just you don't have team. They have the potential to all. Well, if they all catch fire, right? It's like okay, cool. You have a fantastic team, but the law is that of large numbers and averages yes, yes. Will, will eventually be the team that we think mm-hmm. because these guys' baseball cards will be that. Sure. Yep. But we know that that's not how the playoffs work. Right. Exactly. And I think from the Mets perspective, where they have put a bunch of their money and where teams in general have when they've added a bunch of good arms, is at the end of the day, the pitcher touches the ball the most. And I think that's important. And having to, spending $30 million on two excellent starters to like really kind of have that force and allow the rest of your team to just be good and that combination wins you a playoff game and a championship, I like what the Mets are doing. And I think the Dodgers did that last year. <clears throat> And I think that comes back to how you pay guys. Yep. Right? So, like, I really liked the Yankees' pickup of Rizzo because of the lefty bat at first base, mm-hmm. the leadership, the qualities. We all talked about this on the show. Like, he he had Yankee blood type, right? So it was an easier transplant. But he struggled a little bit with the transition. But now you're seeing him as a Yankee, right, feeling like a Yankee, playing well. Like... The the Mets with Scherzer. Scherzer's not expected to come in and be the ace of the staff, per se. Mm-hmm. Right? Tyler McGillis. Tyler McGillis. And who is he? He's a Met. Right? Like, he's a Met. Jacob DeGrom, he's a Met. Like, those guys are expected to be out in front, which allows all the other guys to just be themselves. Freddie went there, and they're expecting him to be Freddie Freeman. And lead. And I just don't think you transplant that. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, too, is like <clears throat> talking about Freddie Freeman, right? Yeah. He's your – you come in, okay, cool, we need a great first baseman. Yeah. Let, me, let me put him here. They had Max Muncy. 
Max Muncy was an all-star. Yep. He Sure, he batted 30 points less on his average, but he hit 31 home runs. Yep. He led the league in runs and plate appearances. So he's there all the time. His his OPS was an 896. Yep. I'm drunk. That was Freddie Freeman's OPS. <laughs> his OPS was an 895. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So you just added the same player? Yep. For a lot more money. For a lot more money. And now Max Muncy is in the lineup every day, or he's moving positions or whatever. He's doing whatever. He's doing something different. Yeah. And now you've lost heart and soul of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that and that's my point. Like that's where I was talking about the NBA. Or like the the Lakers, you have to look at the Lakers and say that this year's team was was more talented than the team that they won a, a championship with in 2020. Right? This team was more talented. Malik Monk was a top 15 draft pick. Guy scored, played really well. That like they had talent all over, dripping with it. At a number, Carmelo Anthony comes in, right? Super off the bench for the Portland Trailblazers. Was coming off the bench for them, scoring well every night, doing his thing. You look at the team and their 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 cards all said that they should do well, right? Yep. But it was a misconstructed tw- team. Which I think we all knew kind of from the jump. <laughs> that felt like supervillains, mm-hmm. right? It felt like I just collected a group and expected them to mesh. And in sports, who like you believing in who you are matters so much. Yep. Right? I think the thing that made the Yankees so good when they used to be good 20 years ago was like being a Yankee mattered to each guy who was on the team. Mm-hmm. Right? Jorge Posada, die for the for the Yankees. Yep. But uh, Andy Pettit would die, right? Bernie Williams. You think of those teams Right, and everybody in it was part of that team. When Roger came, there was a strong core of people mm-hmm. associated with what winning was going to look like. Roger was a cherry to an already successful organization. Right. So, so who on the Yankees do you think of as like they would die for the Yankees right now? Nobody. Yeah, that's my. And thought. That is my. If point. you ask anybody, it's like who's the face of the Yankees? <clears throat> Aaron Judge. Fine. Sure, he's he, going to be gone. He's, he just said he's going to talk to all thirty teams. Brett, Brett Gardner or Derek Jeter or whoever that's been that was there forever, yeah. but never ever. I I honestly think, and this might, I think you say guys it, would probably it. agree. I think Judge needs to go in order for the Yankees to find their identity. A mil, the Yankees need to like the reason why I think that they've been trying to hype Volpe up so much is that they need a homegrown guy who's a stud. Yeah, and it was Glaber, but they've given up on Glaber. Yeah, they've let and, too much negativity happen. And because they've given up on Glaber, you got to move Glaber. Because you guys have proven you don't believe in him. And all Glaber's done, I think my guy's got like an 850-plus OPS this year. And Glaber's not getting enough at-bats. Yeah, he's, he's getting him and LeMahieu are splitting time. And right? he's splitting time with people, but he's what you want, right? Like, he's what you he's need the team. Huh? He's an 850. Right, 850 OPS. Well, mm-hmm. why would you play him when you have Kiner Falefa doing so well? It's Kiner's a better defensive shortstop, right? And I know you, that was a joke because he's batting insignificant numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kiner is legitimately a shortstop, right? The objective of bringing him in was defensively that Glaber struggled offensively because he couldn't think about anything else but that, right? And that's fine. But Glaber was going to be the guy. He was the homegrown guy. Yep. 
And the every team needs a homegrown person. And it has to have that homegrown core mm-hmm. to have a chance. Because I don't think you can just buy your way to the titles. No, nope, I, I don't think there so. There has to be somebody who the name on the front of the shirt matters to them and has yielded a culture. So this goes back to the Acuna Freeman thing. Acuna, you could be mad about what he did to you, but his culture that he wanted to be there led to a ring on Mm -hmm. people's fingers. Yep. And now it's your team. You are the homegrown guy. This is Acuna's team when he finally comes back. Will it be a winning team? That will dictate who you are. Because if you never win and you're the best player, Mike Trout, you never win and you're the best you're the best player. The culture that you have generated is not growing people into success. Yeah, I wouldn't say Mike Trout's generated culture. Not at all. And the Yankees, since they lost Derek, don't have a culture. Yep. They have that like Stanton. Like they're the they're the bare bones of the Yankees in that they have previous team's aura, yes. but no one to carry it forward. <coughs> You're remembering what it was like to be a Yankee. Yes, and right? you're like, all right, that'll automatically make us the Yankees. Wrong. And they, they kept believing the 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 evil empire aspect. Yep. Oh, they'll just pay for whoever they want. But that wasn't what got great Yankee teams. Right up till 1995, they sucked. So from 1970s till 1995, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. Right? 1996, magical. Built around homegrown players. Right? Yep. Built on the back of Buck Walter. And that was what sprung them forward. Then you look and they go through a little mini drought. But they have A-Rod. Yes, A-Rod was the piece that ultimately led to another World Series. But there was still the homegrown talent all around it. Yep. That's why they won. Who is the homegrown Dodger? Uh, Belly and Lux pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith. Do we think that that is going to be enough for the lineup? If if Bellinger actually picks it up this year, then maybe. But like maybe. right now, of those three that we just mentioned, Gavin Lux is the only one that's doing anything like like well. Bellinger's got two home runs. That's kind of like helping his numbers. And that's what I was saying too. Like Max Muncie has played the majority of his career with the Dodgers and like gotten his most opportunity. Same thing with Bellinger, obviously. Um, Chris Taylor, like th- those are who I think of as their core guys. And like if you look at like their World Series team, those are all the the key players there. Yeah, and again, and you, look at, you look at a guy like Gavin Lux. Gavin's twenty four, mm-hmm. right? Like he hasn't even been able to substantiate himself as a as a, a great Dodger. Yeah, they were having him play center field last year, <coughs> which which clearly had an impact on his like confidence because he wasn't playing well. It's because it's not his position. And he was being asked to go out there and be great, to go try and win a World Series as a center fielder. It's not easily done in the big leagues. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, where, that's where I'm sitting. I think that we're going to get surprised this year. Okay. I don't know what the surprise will be. Um, maybe it's not a surprise because it, it might be the Mets. Um, the Rockies I, win the division. I, but I would tell you, again, like that, that for me is, 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 the, is the, the point I would make for the Mets, right? It becomes that if they win, it's going to be on the back of – that Pete Alonso is a superstar first baseman and that Jacob deGrom is an all-time great pitcher, right? And that homegrown Tyler McGill takes a huge step forward for them. 
Yep. Right. And that Brandon Nimmo drafted by the organization, like is the heart and soul at the top of the lineup and leads them to victory. And then those other guys they brought in were carrying that vibe. Mm -hmm. Right. They were carrying those guys forward facing this. Because right now, who who leads our outfield? Brandon Nimmo. Mm-hmm. Who talks in all the inter- interviews? Nimmo, right? Who talks in all the interviews for the for the infield? Pete. Pete, yeah. Right. Then Lindor. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the point. Like the the homegrown, you were associated as a Met. Those guys. Max Scherzer came to the Mets to pitch with Jacob Degrom. Yep. And like the teams that like you look at Boston, even making it last year, like. Boston had to completely rebuild themselves to get back to where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Like, who is playing our style? Yep. And if you're and confused Trevor Story, about that, I think was an excellent pickup for them. He fits in perfectly, especially for if Bogarts do. goes. Yes. Yep. Which I, I definitely foresee that being the case. I saw some tweet. I think it was yesterday. He turned down a big extension. It looked like from what I saw on. Yes, Twitter. but then they, I think whatever their one year, they offered him something for one year, and it was like garbage. And obviously he's been there forever, so I think he was anticipating something a little more extensive, and it was not whatever he was looking for. So I could see him moving on. Um, Do you to- think Bogarts is overhyped? <sighs> no. Cool. I don't think so. I think he's like defensively, he's not the best shortstop, but he is really good, and he's Neither a great hitter. Cheater. Yeah. <laughs> You know, nobody wants to hear that, though. But, yeah, no, I think he's a really solid player. I don't think he's Correa. I don't think he's Lindor, but I think he's top five. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have, do you have a thought on that, or are you like looking at his numbers right now? Yeah, I'm looking at his numbers right now on the season. He's batting 263. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a 649 OPS. His last two years, he was 860, 860, 939 before that. Um but then you start looking at it. He's a he's an eight eleven OPS lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna be he'll be thirty this season. Uh, and you just start looking at it from what well, like we were just saying. Like, why are you paying thirty two year old guys? They offered him four years, ninety million, which I guess is a lower than I, what a guy like him would get mm-hmm. on the open market. But what, is it? what did story get? Trevor Story. Because I kind of think of them in the same yeah. boat. Yeah, sure. Contract. Dun, 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 dun. Six like- year, $140 million. Okay. And what was the one for Bogarts? Four, Four years, 90? 90? Yeah. Hmm. So you're talking $22.5 million a year? So it's it, they're borderline on the exact same pace. The only and they're both the same age too. So. But it, but what I'm reading also is is Bogarts Bogarts already has a contract. Yeah, well he's got an opt out at the end of this year, and he's made it clear that he's going to opt out unless he gets a new extension. But they just their extension was the four years ninety, which would be twenty two and a half million dollars a year. And what sorry got twenty six. And and it, he he signed through twenty twenty five, so he's got three years left. It puts him almost an identical. But he's, not contract. Gonna, but he's not going to sit on that when he has the opportunity to go hit free agency. Bogart yeah, but, signed, age. But, but at that age, but at that age, my point is is that Story is the exact same age. Right. Bogart well, signed what, his extension originally when he was 26, <clears throat> and it was a six-year, 120 million dollar deal that had the opt-out starting this year. Right. But he's 
about to be 30, and right. he has, what, three years left, you said? Right. So his money would go substantially down if he is a free agent at 33. But what I'm saying is they, they're giving him an extension on top of those three years. Okay, they, that's they what that was? A, okay. They gave him a four-year extension on top of his three years. So what they said was, we'll pay you for seven more years. Mm-hmm. So he's 29. That takes him through 36, 37, right? And he, he'd be making $22.5 million. And that's kind of my point. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're not you're not Correa. Well, that's that's the you're problem. Not, is people... You're not Lindor. You're Trevor Story. Yep. Like, and Trevor's making that almost identically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you... that's and that's where I feel like you start getting into, dude. You're gonna go somewhere else to lose, because you're not the cherry on top. Do you want to take a shot as to who his agent is? Boris. Yep. Yep. Like, and that's the drunkness. It's, it's so like, annoying. I, if I'm a player in the league, I probably am avoiding Boris at this point for, like, as much as I possibly can. I think Boris is shot. But you, you know what it is? It's like <clears throat> we as the not people not involved in the contract are like, yeah, this is not a smart idea. But to Xander Bogarts in his year, it's like, we can get you 30. We can get you 32 million a year. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go do that. I'm worth that. Yes, you but, are. But, like, no. but, yo, I I can't hear any of that shit. Like, do your own homework. But that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't think they are. I don't think anybody does their own homework. Because obviously Michael Conforto didn't. <laughs> I think I think almost no one does their homework. Like, you know what? Let me look up. What do people who are exactly like me currently make in the market? And then you go and look at it, and your agent go, yo, we can definitely. Like, Michael Conforto. Like, like who, perfect did he comp Did he comp himself to Bryce Harper? <clears throat> He had to have. Right? He turned down $20 million a year, $100 million guaranteed money from the Mets to, to go into free agency, played like shit, <laughs> turned down $19 million for one year to then go into free agency and, and do whatever the hell you want. And he still hasn't signed. And he's never he's never going to sign. Michael Conforto's retired. <laughs> like, imagine... Just like falls completely off the face. Michael of the earth. Conforto is going to be like in the KBO soon. Either that Listen, or if well, someone would you rather have Michael Conforto or Yasiel Puig? Oh God, I'd rather have Conforto genuinely. <laughs> um, but like, look, article that Sports Illustrated put out two days ago. Uh, X met Michael Conforto not close to signing with the team. It, what's going to happen with Conforto is there's going to be a team like come July or August that has an outfielder go down there in a playoff hunt. They're going to sign Conforto to be, bless you, their replacement you. rather than make a trade. And it'll be like a one-year, call it 10, 15 million just to get it done. Yep. Yep. Like, <clears throat> I, I actually hate... think less than that because it'd only get him for a half a season. Well, prorated, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, like... yeah. No, I could see that happening because you know what it is? He's so middle of the road at this point. Mm-hmm. That like there's I don't think there's any team that's out there looking at him like yes we need this guy on our team. But that's that's the the, the craziest thing is the the craziest thing is is that I think Michael Conforto is a better player than Nick Castellanos, and that's not a drunk thing to say I if think, you look at their careers. Sure, yeah, they're, they're, I, they're slightly different players. I'd yeah, say. but I but I understand what's Castellanos where what's Castellanos career OPS. I'm working on it. And Castellanos is in his thirties, right? Eight fifteen is my guess. And Castellanos is in his 30s, right? 
Uh, unsure. Yes. He is yeah, 30. 30? This, uh, this year is his age 30 season. So Castellanos, for his career, is an 8.15 OPS. Oh! So, what a guess. So he's an 8.15 OPS, and Conforto, for his career, is an 8.24 OPS. And Conforto, this is his age 29 season. So, again, my point so to you is, if I, so how much is Castellanos' contract for? His contract is five years, $100 million. So the that is the deal. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> so Mikey, you 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 effed Mikhail, up. Brother. You effed up because somebody sold you a dream that you were something that you weren't. Because like Castiano's uh, best year in home runs ever was thirty two, right? Uh last year he had thirty four. Thirty four. Thirty four. Conforto's best season was thirty three. Like they're the damn near identical players, guys. Damn near identical players. Except so for, that he had except, to have looked at himself as Bryce Harper. That's the only He had to have comped. He had to have. Somebody told him, we are selling you that you won at the college level. Remember the bullshit that, that he was saying at the winter meetings? Uh, Boris, no. when he was talking to Sandy Alderson, was like, just stop it. You don't remember that? We talked no, about it on the I, I show. Don't, I don't remember what so he said. So we were talking yeah. on the show, and, and he had like the cards, and he was talking about Michael Conforto. Oh, yes, yes, and he's yes. Like, Michael has won. Oh, you know what's in even the, worse about this In the College World Series, the Little League World Series, he's won <laughs> at the professional level, and he has all he has done is been one of the best hitters and power guys and consistent players in the league since he came in. All he does is win. Looking forward to him signing for $290 million. Like, Bill, you want me to drive you nuts? Do you know who Castellanos' agent is? Scott Boris. It's Scott Boris. So yeah. you have the exact same player, and he turned down the deal, essentially. And he's gonna sign a one-year deal, that and 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 somewhere, and he'll go out and he'll hit fine, and then he'll sign a five-year, hundred-million-dollar deal at thirty. You are the dumbest boy in school, <laughs> the dumbest in all the land. I think we can wrap it up on that. Absolutely. On that is Michael Conforto, the dumbest boy in school. And who do you think is gonna surprise us this year? Because you know what, it does seem like there will be some. Let us know in the comments. Make sure you like and subscribe, and we will see you on the next episode. Let's do it. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>